Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and experiences in the hopes that they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, here today again with my co-host, Patty Marbury. Hello. And Patty, we've got a guest in the metaphorical house today. We're pleased to welcome back again, who, someone who might as well at this point just join the co-host family. We've got Angela Noglock. Hey, Angela. Hello, everybody. So glad to be here, especially with my wonderful colleagues, Patty and Brandy. As if we don't spend enough time together right now. <laughs> <laughs> so for context for listeners, in case you're not aware, Angela is the FST Change Management Workstream Lead. And so Patty and I, as team leads for training and communications respectively, work with Angela and our colleagues under change management. And we do spend a lot of time together. <laughs> and and but, even more so over the next 10 months, I'm sure. I know. <laughs> it's a good thing we like one another. Angela <laughs> is here in her uh, capacity as a change management professional today. She is a certified change management professional, and we are having her on today to talk about change here in this last 10 months specifically for the Finance Strategic Transformation Project, but really for anyone who's going through a really big change, um, because we're in that phase of the change where everything is happening really quickly. We're making that last big push to the go live day. Yeah, right up to the top of that that mountain. We're going to get there. <laughs> we're going to get there. And Patty and I realized this morning when we were working on the little radio broadcast that we do for the projects specifically, that as of next month, it'll be single digit months that we're reporting Brandy, before yeah. going live. Brandy said, well, you know, I'm not going to really start worrying until it's in the single digits. And I said, well, that's next month. <laughs> So, we, we are there. So <laughs> we're, yeah, we're nearly yeah, there. You better start worrying now. <laughs> yeah, get a run at that. But it's a good point, though. I mean, you'd think that we've been enmeshed in a change um, since, well, the, the, the FST project has been going on since what, like 2017, 2018? Um, and then before that, of course, there were many changes before. So nobody in the listening audience and definitely nobody here. Uh, on the call, on the call, you can tell I live in a Zoom world. <laughs> Nobody here on the podcast or in the listening audience is doesn't have enough change in their life. But that doesn't mean that it's not good every now and then to take a few minutes and think about what really goes on in our psyches that affects how we process change. Um, and, and we're lucky to have Angela on the project because she works with our stakeholders a lot on this kind of thing, helping them think about their role during this change and encouraging all of us to take a little bit of an inward look on how we're processing change. Um, mm-hmm. I think even more so now that we're in the weird, I was going to say post-pandemic, it's not post, <laughs> in the, the pandemic world that we're in, it's um, even more important to look at how you're processing change and check in with yourself. Mm-hmm. Angela, thank you. That was a long introduction, but we're all set up <laughs> and we can jump right in. So excited to be here. So one of the things that I often think about is with change is that uh, 
Um, and there's a quote that I found when, when Angela and I actually were working on a class that we were going to do for our lean, um, lean um, program at UVA, our, our lean, uh, what do you call it? Like, Training daily work training <laughs> training <laughs> program. <laughs> yes. So so we have several different courses around the lean methodology. And um, we have a one course that we offer that is about change management as it relates to um, the lean, you know, methods and process improvement and so on. And so one of so I thought this one quote I found says, um, it's by a journalist named Sidney Harris, and I don't know anything about Sidney Harris other than that he's a journalist and he has this great quote. <laughs> so you can look him up. Um, I think he's with the Chicago Sun-Times or something like that. Our, um, and the quote is, our dilemma is that we hate change and love it at the same time. What we really want is for things to remain the same, but get better. And I thought that was really good and really appropriate when you talk about process improvement or continuous improvement. Um, is that people are always seeking to make things better. Um, but I think that's really true of any change. I mean, when you think about it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect to want things to change or remain the same and not be better, right? You know, like that would just wouldn't make any sense. Everybody's striving to um, have their life be better or their work be better or their, you know, bank account be better or whatever it is. And so, um, so I just think that this quote is really appropriate um, for that, you know, to think about, we really do want things to say, in some ways you want the comfort of things staying the same, um, but get better. And we really can't do that without some change. You know, we'll be talking shortly about sort of the phase where we're at in the project and what you might expect. But what this brings to mind too, Patty, is that as we're getting closer to go live, um, you know, till now, folks may not have realized how the change might impact them individually. And mm -hmm. so we often want change when it's everyone around us changing, you know, like things all yeah. around us should get better. But, oh, wait, that means I have to change, too. And some right. of that reality about how it impacts me, I think that's the dichotomy with this quote, right, mm -hmm. that I yeah. want it to get better, but I don't want to necessarily have to change what I'm doing. I want everyone else to you know, yes. maybe that's not a conscious decision, but that's kind of the reality. And as we march closer through this, this project, the aha, wow, that's what this means for me now. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a different kind of space to be in. Right. Yep. It really yeah. does. It, it's that, um, like, you, it's a dichotomy, like you said, that everybody likes the idea of things being more efficient of being simpler, more streamlined. It all sounds great, but you do have to do things or give up things or change things in order to get there. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk a little bit about that in depth. Um, to start with, let's just get a good definition of change out there on the, on the table. What is change? Well, change in, you know, at its kind of basic level is a transition. Um, people sometimes think that a change is an event, like we flip the switch and we have workday financials tomorrow. That's a change. That's not and really it solves all your problems. Ah. I know. <laughs> it's a transition. And as Brandy pointed out, this, this project related to FST has been kind of ongoing for 20, since 2018. There's been some degree of transition going on for a couple of years, right? Yeah. And so 
change itself, that experience and environment of change is the transition until we get to that future state, that, that future point at which we're actually experiencing the benefits of what we had started off to do. So not just, you know, it's not so time triggered by an event. Now, there's a trigger event that gets us realizing that we're in a transition, but that transition phase can last a while. Mm -hmm. And up until now, in many respects, we've had stakeholders engaged with FST and whatnot. But again, as we're marching closer and closer, there's, there's been a little bit at times of, okay, I have time for that. I have time to kind of, you know, that's coming, that's coming. And now, like you said, wow, we're, we're going into single digits. So this is, this is kind of the, this transition circle is going to be kind of speeding up towards future state. Mm -hmm. So it's that transition phase I really want us to think about. And, and just to kind of get people thinking about all the changes that it doesn't have to be just with FST. Certainly we've all experienced tons of changes in the past 18 months, but let's kind of think about it in the workforce. Um, a study that came, came out by the Gartner report um, earlier this summer showed um, some interesting statistics, even just about how our work environment is changing. Um, the first one was that only 12% of knowledge workers want to return to the uh, full-time to office work. Mm. Only 12%. Wow. Um, that's that, really surprising to me. That's uh -huh. a, I mean, and that, so that means full-time. Now they might be interested in, in a, a hybrid model here. Uh, in fact, the next statistic is that 72% want mm. a hybrid remote office model moving forward. Yeah. Um, 30%. 32% of organizations are replacing full-time employees with contingency workers. Part of that is, you know, that remote capacity to reach out to other areas of, you know, the nation and whatnot, maybe to, to recruit. So even just that opportunity to spread their lens. Mm -hmm. um, and then I found this last one interesting too, is that 53% of employers for the first time had to offer or realize the need to provide special emotional and mental health programs and well-being for their employees and intend to keep that going. So that, you know, based on kind of what we've seen in the workforce, those are some, some significant numbers that tell us yeah. just that is going to be kind of this transition for all of us as we go forward. And, and I think those are some of the things that will be um, impacted by I'm curious, Patty or Brandy, where do you see yourself in any of these numbers? Mm, I'm part of the 72% that wants a hybrid remote office model moving forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I would definitely say that, and so it, I have six direct reports right now, and all of them said the same thing. So 100% mm -hmm. on my team. Um, mm -hmm. But, um, I'm actually really surprised at that last statistic of 53%. I mm -hmm. would think that, I mean, we've been in a world, I, you know, maybe yes. I've just worked for an organization, UBA, that is exceptional when it comes to supporting um, faculty and staff in that, you know, I'm surprised that organizations are just now realizing that they need to offer programs and, and um, you know, health, health related programs and um, on wellness and that kind of thing. 
to employees. I suspect, Patty, that this, uh, I didn't see the, the data of who was exactly um, surveyed, but my, I would um, have an assumption here that it was fairly corporate heavy and higher ed does seem to be a little ahead of the curve on sort of yeah. that balance. But, yeah, I think it's but, surprising, but then again, I think it's not because yeah. how about that fact that the 12, we, now we are left with only 12% of this workforce that wants to return to full-time work. It, it took a pandemic, a national emergency for, mm-hmm. I can't do the math, however percentage, many per, percentage that is 88% of us, I think, is that right? <laughs> for 88% of us to realize that we didn't like being in the office that it was, I mean, the, or not that we didn't like it, but that we didn't want to opt for full-time in-person mm-hmm. full work weeks. Um, and it's not that we didn't realize any of that before, but it took an emergency situation for us to make that decision. Yeah, so, very you true. Get, you get entrenched in something and that, that's a good uh, tie back to our overall topic. You forget that things even can be different. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's really funny to think about the return to work piece of it is that when we were forced to change to a completely remote environment, it was overnight. Like, I'm not saying that the change really happened overnight, but it was, we were forced into it really quickly without much time to think about it. And then, you know, we had to kind of figure out how to do everything at that point. And not only were we forced to make that switch, but we were forced to do it in an emergency situation while we had kids and whatever running around the back. I mean, so some of it was just people kind of hanging on. Yeah. Um, but now going back to thinking about returning to work in the office, we do have, it's not an emergency thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. so there is no, like tomorrow, everybody's hundred percent and there's no choice. You're going to be there. So now we have a lot more time to think about it. And I think you know some of that requ- could, is perhaps goes into the anxiety that might relate to returning to the office and things like that, because we we do have time to think about it and think about what we w- might want to do. And so so now this is like a change management issue <laughs> because are you saying that change that that we only have problems when with change when we have time to think about it? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I think what I'm trying to say, because it's not it's not coming out very clear, but um, no, I was halfway kidding on that. I, I, I think <laughs> I think there's some truth to that. I think change management is very different when it's a change that it's. Uh, and maybe Angela, you could speak to this. Um, I think change management is very different when it's a quick overnight sort of emergent thing yeah. versus a transition. Right. Well, and so it's really think about that circle of transition. It's either larger or it's small. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, you kind of land on your feet because you have to. But I would also propose that by the time we all got kind of fully functioning at home after the trigger event that set us home, I don't know about you guys, but it took me a couple months to get in, into any kind of sort of feeling like I, I had transitioned, you know, like I, I was physically yeah. home. And so, you know, that kind of just reminds me about um, the fact that change is both a rational decision and an emotional one. And Mm -hmm. so 
both of those things um, tie into how well we're able to adapt to change. So sometimes the more time we do have to think about that transition and kind of mull it might, um, we're, we're processing more emotions. So in the case of being, you know, sent home and working remotely, the emotions kind of came after because we just had right. to kind of do versus, yeah. Yeah, versus lead up to it. So I think it's still there, but I just think it's, um, again, and, you know, I think the bottom line is, is that when some kind of trigger event happens and something is now different or we expect something to be different, the, the, the biggest issue is how uncertain, how uncertain are things? And, and that's really how, you know, I just want to encourage everyone who's listening that there's really a, a natural process um, that we all go through on any kind of change. And we may go through it faster than others and depending on the type of change it is. But I think the first thing is, is that you're kind of like in this level of certainty, you're kind of doing your thing. Like, you know, on March 12th, 2020, you're still in your office kind of doing your thing. Trigger event happens, we adjust physically. And then we may be still kind of processing it even after that and adapting. Um, but there was still uncertainty in that. Um, as we lead up to FST, while it's been a long runway, um, all along as we've learned more and we've gotten further into the process, we're trying to minimize uncertainty and, and share, you know, and have information so that that, that that runway is a little bit longer. And um, it's really the issue is how much certainty or uncertainty are we experiencing? And in just a few moments, we're going to talk a little more about what can you do as an individual? We talk a lot about change leaders. We talk a lot about leadership and how they need to lead change. Part of what I'd like to focus on today is what can you do individually? What can we do for ourselves to help kind of navigate through this? We, we experience something that becomes very uncertain. Um, we may even feel like it's so chaotic that we're discouraged. Um, the, the term used in one framework is called valley of despair. You know, we're just kind of <laughs> stuck in like, we have no idea what's going to happen next. And, and then maybe we start to see a little progress and we're like, okay, a little limited kind of cautious optimism. And then maybe after a time you start to feel a little confident. Um, you know, I can even think about this for, for my work from home stage, you know, the, the being sent home kind of, you know, not really, I, I think I was in three different spaces in my house before mm -hmm. I actually settled into a spot, you know, like there's that, okay, I'm, I'm kind of getting a little more cautious. And even the first time I had to facilitate virtually, I was like, I, I don't know if I can do this, you know, mm -hmm. think about the things that you've learned. And then that confidence starts, starts to come. But I think, I think the bot, you know, the takeaway on changes for each one of us is, you know, we're going to naturally have a dip and be frustrated or be a little chaotic. And what I want to help folks with today is think about what can you do to minimize that stage? What can, what actions can you take? Um, even if you're not getting what you need uh, from others, what are some things that you can do? So um, Patty or Brandy, have, have you all experienced a, you know, kind of a, a dip in a, in a change that you've experienced that you could maybe share? Well, first of all, I want to say that my favorite background in your house was when you were in your kitchen and I could see all your wine in the background and make sure that you were doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was one of my favorite spots, but unfortunately it was competing for my um, husband's Zoom calls and that was we, we could count the number of bottles and toward yeah, the make sure that they the rate of yeah, how many were still there. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm looking at, so I'm, Angela was kind enough to refresh our memories on this change process that she's talking about and the Valley of Despair um, with a graphic that, that she's used before with our stakeholders many times where you go from certainty to there's a bit of chaos and then you gradually, like you said, get back up into feeling good about things before you head into the future state. And honestly, my, my lead time with the project has been so long that I think I'd have a hard time identifying. Um, I think I've had many little dips and, and it's been less predictable maybe, is that okay? <laughs> no, and what I love about that, you make a good point. I mean, this is not linear. Like yeah. we can make progress and kind of slip backwards, right? We can just think we're kind of getting it and then, okay, we're, you know, and that's life. I mean, it's truly the ups and downs of, of life that we, we experience, but more importantly, it's not unusual. It's not unusual that this is part of change. And when we talk about navigating change, just knowing that, that that's part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's not, you know, no one has done anything horrible and terrible. It's just, that's part of it. And if we think about helping others navigate change, what we want to accomplish is partner with folks to um, help them have less uncertainty, begin to build a little bit confidence that they can manage in the future state. And yet there are also things that, that we can do in, individually as well versus waiting for someone to do that, to do that for us as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Patty? I, I was just thinking about like, I, I actually like change. So I don't spend a whole lot of time in the Valley of Despair, which is good. Um, I, I recognize that it, that there are, you know, highs and lows and there are sometimes you, you feel a little stressed out by change or um, discouraged by certain things. But in general, I, um, and I'm not saying, you, you know, the other parts of the curve, the curve, the change process curve are um, the, the valley of despair, or chaos, to cautious, to confidence, to competence. And I know it's not a linear thing. You can go back and forth. Right. Um, I'm not saying that I go from one to competence, <laughs> one side to future state competence, but I, I tend to, and this is just me personally, tend to look forward to that. Um, and so don't spend a lot of time worrying about the loss of the current state. If that you know what I love about you sharing that, Patty, is that every single one of us navigates this differently. Yeah. And there's and, and the time frame on it can be so different. And it might depend on the change too, but yeah. a lot of it is recognizing the people around us are in different spots. Like we might right. encounter coworkers who are just um, in the valley of despair feels like a little bit of a dramatic turn, but the point being is yeah. that they're just kind of in chaos. There's not actual weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> I don't think so, but there's okay, certainly okay. Um, discouragement, frustration, yeah. you know, all the things, yeah. right? Yeah. I, and you saying that, like we recognize that a lot of people are in different places or whatever, you know, I will add to, and this is going to kind of betray the fact that I maybe am not as emotionally intelligent as I think I am. Um, <laughs> Sorry. 
not editing that out. I am so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I have to stop myself from getting impatient with people who are in different places. And so, um, so that's, that's something that, you know, I have to kind of recognize and be careful about. That's very self-aware emotional intelligence, Patty. So I think recognizing that in yourself, it just mm-hmm. says that you're aware of, okay, other people are not navigating this like me. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just different. They're just going through yeah. it in a different way. So, mm-hmm. yep. Well, thank you for making me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Your EQ is intact. <laughs> so I, I thought something that um, might be helpful today uh, that I wanted to share with everyone um, are some tips about how to navigate change kind of individually to help to help you things that you can do. And, and really it has to do with how can you create a little more certainty for the next step for, for the future. And I'm going to be using the acronym CHANGE and I'll make sure that Brandy um, links to this visual. Um, but you know, first and foremost, I am going to say here though, is that people don't resist, um, people don't resist change, they re- resist being managed. Mm. through a change. And so I'm going to encourage everyone here to think a little bit proactively about how can I navigate this? And, you know, it is going to require maybe some proactive action, proactive action. (laughs) Uh, So the first one is, you know, so the acronym and change with C is really think about how well do I understand the purpose. So my recommendation is clarify the purpose of the change. Do I do I really understand why this is happening? Um, and and here's what I'll say is if you don't, the next question is how can I find out? Mm-hmm. Who do I need to t- talk to? Um, you know, maybe I I knew about FST two years ago when I was first involved. It's been a while. Whoops, I've kind of lost sight of things. How can I find out? There's people and resources I can reach out to. So the idea here is. The first thing with navigating change for you individually and, and creating more certainty is to clarify that you understand the purpose of the change, the reason for the change, and how might you find that out. The next one is H, which is honest reflection. Okay, here's the hard one. And, and, and I think it's assessing yourself. What is my own level of comfort with this change? You know, am I, where am I on this journey? Am I really kind of in a, a state of chaos and uncertainty and I'm in maybe and emotionally I'm just this is and and kind of recognizing that first of all and I I think that's important because how you're feeling about the change does impact maybe some behaviors you might take and it's I think it's just recognizing it so then you can pivot perhaps a little bit with the with the A in the change acronym which is assess opportunities I mean at the end of the day, there's a quote, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit because I was gonna share this one later, but uh, change is inevitable, inevitable, growth is optional. Mm-hmm. And at some point, we've got to make a, a pivot in our reflection to what might be the good things that can come from this change? What, mm-hmm. what, what 
good might come from this. I mean, as hard as at times remote work has been, I don't know about you, but doing my laundry in the middle of the day in my jammy pants and having meetings has really been kind of cool <laughs> at times, you know? So, you know, I wouldn't have wanted the world to happen the way it has just to do that. But the, but the, but the thinking is, have you, instead of considering everything you might lose, what good might come? Mm-hmm. And to be yeah. honest about that, I, I don't know, have either of you gone through any of that, thinking about yeah. some good and change? Well, I've definitely, when we're talking about the changes as a result of having to work from home for this time, um, yeah. I totally recognize the good from that, which is partly what makes me want to continue hybrid. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I want to, I just want to make a comment about this and, and stick on this, um, assess opportunities for just a okay. second. Brandy and I, um, in the last few days have done some interviews for a position she has on her team and. Um, we asked a question about um, about communicating change. Um, Honey, I love that you're bringing this up because that's exactly what was on my mind. Really? Wavelength. Yes. We are on the same wavelength. Yeah. Um, so I, I, um, every single one of the people we interviewed mentioned when we asked this question about communicating about change and how do you help people who I think the question mm-hmm. was around, like, how do you help people when they're resistant to change? You know, what is your, mm-hmm. and ev- all three of them, they said it in different ways, but all three of the people we interviewed said, you need to make sure that they, they, that you share the benefits of this change and how much they are, they will benefit more than they will lose, you know? So I loved that they, they all said it in different ways, but they were all saying the same thing that you need to kind of sell the change <laughs> that you, and they did, none of them said it that way, but um, that you need to make sure that people understand why, why would they want to change um, and that you communicate that. So I love that, that mm-hmm. I love the A in the, in the um, assess opportunities. Because yeah. related to the assessing opportunities and what good can come is I think it's really important to understand that most people don't fear change, they fear right. loss. Yeah. They fear the loss. So what they're initially feeling is I'm losing, you know, potentially um, a camaraderie with the team. Mm-hmm. I'm potentially losing, um, I used to feel really confident at this process. And now this new process, I don't know what I'm doing yet. No one's explained it to me. I'm, I'm, it's kind of chaotic. And so People fear loss. And I think if you recognize that, that's why this one is so important to say, okay, so that's, that's kind of what I'm losing. Maybe that's kind of, you know, what I'm, but what might I gain? Mm-hmm. And we as changed professionals need to help folks connect to those things. Yeah. But I would challenge folks as individuals to also, you know, balance any loss with benefit. Mm-hmm. It was interesting, Patty, when we were doing those interviews, I was thinking about uh, the H, um, honest reflection. And mm-hmm. while you were talking about that, Angela, I was thinking how in higher ed, mm-hmm. we're all going to say, yes, we understand change. Yes, we go through change all the time. We're big boys and girls. We can handle this. We know we have to do it. But truly, if you are honest with yourself and you assess where you are, you might find that you're digging in your heels <laughs> mentally, if not you know, outwardly over something. And I think it was, I think all of the candidates 
said some version of this, that you also must, in order to communicate change effectively, you must find out not what people say their issues are, but what their issues mm -hmm. really are. Uh -huh. And I thought that was interesting too, um, because again, this isn't a change one-on-one kind of scenario. We all know right. what it's like to have to go through lots of changes and right. big changes at that. But the H is really important, even when we think we're pretty emotionally intelligent, really thinking about mm -hmm. what it is that's, mm -hmm. what your level of comfort is or isn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, what's so interesting about, and I know that the, the three of us have been working in EQ space a little bit, so I know that's why it's coming up a little bit for us today, but I just want to make the point that EQ is really about self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And so you can't be self-aware if you're not having an honest reflection. Right, so that's how that ties in. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna go to the N in this and that's note progress. And here's where it's kind of lift up and notice where people are around you in relation to this change. If I interact with Patty and I see that she's kind of further down on the, you know, I'm, we can do this or, you know, like connect with her you know, who might be furthest along and maybe they can help me understand the change a little bit. You know, don't try to go through it alone if you there are people that you could reach out to and or even though you're on progress. Like, you know what? Maybe it's not as chaotic as I thought because I have found out these three things. That's a little less uncertainty. Good I point. may have some un uncertainty, but, but I have more answers than I did. Do y'all so, think that gets harder in the remote environment? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does. It's easy to sit in your home office and feel yes. not so great about things and not have that buoy. Well, yeah. I mean, it's easy. I, I don't think it's harder to connect. I think it's actually in some ways easier to connect. Agree. But, but you have to expand some effort that you may be. Right. It's also, it's intentional. Yeah. It's, it has to be intentional. And also mm -hmm. it's, um, it is, it is, can be very isolating too, if you just don't make the effort to do that. Right. So, right. And I think now even more than ever, you know, to note progress in, in your colleagues, you know, maybe they're involved in the middle of a change that, that you just have a lot of questions about and you're still wondering and they seem to, you know, have a lot more information. Maybe they're in another school or unit. I mean, reach out to a colleague, like, you know, taking that initiative, let's, let's do a 10 minute virtual call. Um, we, we've lost a little bit of that spontaneity. Um, and on the other hand, we've had a lot of meetings with hundreds of people where we've been able to just share wonderful information and dialogue. So it's, you know, there, there are benefits there, uh, but sometimes it's going to require some additional um, work if you're thinking about that individual journey. Mm -hmm. um, the next part of this change acronym, and then I'll review all of them again, is, is, the, is the G, and that's GROW skills. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it kind of ties back to um, the A in the sense of assess opportunities. You know, what, what might I do to be ready for this change? Um, you know, maybe in this, for example, um, in the remote world, um, I realized how much I didn't know about Zoom and the tools and what you could do and breakout rooms. And I'm sure everyone along with me did the same thing, but, you know, Dr. Google became my first asset of, okay, how can I do this? How can I make this skill 
you know, and be ready for this, anticipating what's happening. And so I think that's another one. And, and then looking to someone who might help you achieve it. What skill will be important and what might you do to plan to, to, to grow into that, to be valuable in that future change? And then I think the, the last one is exhibit flexibility. Um, this is where, you know what? There are some parts of the change that you're going through might, might not make total sense. Maybe there's a broader picture that you don't have all the information for. Um, maybe there's just something that, um, you know, you want to give some input on, but they kind of want a different direction. I mean, all those things can happen through change. And I think those who demonstrate the most flexibility, they kind of go um, into, one, I'm willing to change my skills or, hey, I'm willing to go try X, Y, Z or, you know, getting kind of maybe part of the change or helping to be a component of the change um, could all be behaviors that you can demonstrate that, that show you're, you're kind of working towards that change. So this change acronym to really help you navigate change and create more certainty for yourself is that C for clarify purpose. What's that purpose of the change? Who do I ask? How do I find out? That honest reflection about how you're feeling about that change because emotions and feelings are part of the change process. And so to be honestly reflect on that and then pivoting over to what good can come from this change. And then the N, noting progress where others are, and even maybe kind of that you have more information than you did a month ago, so you really are making progress. Where can you grow your skills, the growth skills with the G, and then that last one on exhibit flexibility, um, and what can you do to demonstrate some new behavior? Maybe it's volunteering to do something on the team that you haven't done before, right, uh, to help the team be successful. Um, those are all things I think that can help us in navigating change. And as we think about narrowing in on FST Go Live, the importance of really kind of digging into this and, and being a proactive partner in this is really going to help so many of our listeners um, really navigate the change successfully. Um, I've also provided for Brandy to post some additional resources. Um, that I think will be useful about how to cope with change in the workplace, some additional tips for dealing with um, how work is changing. And um, I, I think things that will get you thinking about what you might do. Mm -hmm. are, are any of those, what, do any of those stick out for you, Patty or, or, or Brandy, as you're, as you're listening to the, I mean, the bottom line is it is a little bit of work for individuals, but the idea is that we're not being managed through change, we're navigating change, which means it's, you know, it's kind of on us too, uh, to help kind of get us through, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I just, Angela also provided us with a really great um, list of inspiring and clarifying quotes on change. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that as soon as, um, she talked, Angela just talked about manage, they don't like to be managed through change. They, they navigate change. I looked uh -huh. at a quote from um, Peter Singe that says people Singe. don't resist yep. change. They resist being changed. 
right? Um, <laughs> nobody likes having things done to them. But I think that the process that you describe with your change acronym is gives you more agency in it and makes the yeah. process your own. Right, exactly. Yes. Yep. It, it, there there can be more asking. ownership at this point. Yes, Patty? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to ask you. Um, you said a while ago, not, not in this time of our podcast, but at another time you had said something about that you actually didn't like the term change management. Um, and I yeah. wonder what is it that, I couldn't remember what you said you'd like to say. Yeah. It's, it's actually, I, I prefer change enablement or helping others navigate. In fact, um, the, the future of the change management field, if you look at the positions that are open and what the field is doing, they're actually dropping the management from the titles and calling mm -hmm. it change enablement, change I enablement director, yeah. change enablement partner. And it really kind of goes back to that, that quote in a sense of, you know, we're really not managing the, you know, because people individually have to make choices to change. We're truly enabling and equipping people to be successful. Um, and we need folks on the other side who are going through the change to be willing to, to, to work out and also try to navigate it. And, and so kind of both those pieces try to, to come together. Um, but that's, that's really kind of the new wave you'll see in all the change uh, body of knowledge and change literature um, these days. And mm -hmm. I, I, I really like that a lot. Yeah, I like that I, too. It gets away from that idea that um, change management we're professionals, have, we're not the change police. We're not here to make sure yeah. you get, you're not thinking seditious anti-change thoughts. Yeah. And, and I mean, enablement are things like, you know, having dialogue with folks. It's ensuring they have training. It's ensuring they have information. It's it's providing forms for feedback. It's, it's right. still all the things that make up the larger strategy around change and helping people. But I think it just sends a whole nother connotation around in recognizing that individuals make change. They make the mm -hmm. change change we don't make them change I like it cool I like so that a lot. are there any of these other um closing thoughts on change that speak to you all we'll provide these in the show notes so people can enjoy them as well after they've listened or as they listen yeah. I'll just encourage and kind of my closing thought and is that um change is inevitable growth is optional so mm -hmm. if I think about it from the individual perspective you know, there's no doubt we're all in the midst of tons of change. And frankly, we have been for a while. It just feels like it ramps up and it's going to stick with us. So, you know, instead of feeling like a victim to all the changes around me, I, I, I'd rather take some, some power and say, you know what, how can I grow through, instead of how can I go through this? How can I grow through this? Mm -hmm. And, and I can take some ownership with that. And um, that would be my encouragement to folks to keep you out of the valley of despair. Mm. Well, so I love I'm, that. I, I, love that. I, I, I hesitate to even add anything because I really love the, the thing that you just said, Angela, rather mm -hmm. than going through change, you grow through change. I love mm -hmm. that. Um, I, the one quote that sticks out to me is, is along the same lines was, um, change, um, 
I almost said the same thing. <laughs> um, shame, it's almost great, the same. Great things never come from comfort zones. So I love that too. You know, that thought that it's easy to kind of stay in your, in your comfort zone, you know, and things might be fine and you might be going along just fine. And, but, but you're never going to get to that next level. You're never going to get to the next great thing. If you just stay where you are and kind of like shelter in that, in, in that place of comfort. The one that speaks to me is change is hard because people overestimate the value of what they have and underestimate the value of what they may gain by giving that up. Mm -hmm. And that's just so, so such a familiar thing. You know what you have, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Um, And you know all the, the ins and outs of how it is now. And it does require an act of will to unclench your hand and let go of what you have and take hold of something new and maybe better. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me all, that all of us can still get so upset about change from time to time. And I'm not criticizing us for it because I, everyone does it. It's a human thing. Change is emotional. Yeah. Our first reaction is loss. But, However, and we're not thinking about it rationally. It's, it's yeah. really that. And we may not even realize why we're emotionally upset, but there's a loss involved somehow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and if you think about it and look back at your life, I mean, we're all some, we're, we're all over 30, we'll say that. <laughs> we're all over 30 on this mm-hmm. podcast. Some of us are way over 30. <laughs> and so, and our listening audience just, you know, we're, we all kind of skew that direction. And if you think about what you've already gone through in your career, not just, not even counting your, your personal life, um, it's been nothing but change since you began and you've done pretty well so far. So <laughs> um, the, this is not something that you haven't done before. It just requires um, more attention sometimes than others. And I love the framework that you presented today, Angela. Thank you for coming by and sharing oh, that. I think it's a really good way, a clean way to keep people's heads focused on what to think about as we go through times of high change. So thank you for coming and being with us. You are so welcome. My pleasure. I love hanging out with you guys. (laughs) We love to have you. So um, until the next time we have you back, you think of something else you want to come talk about. And um, for our listening audience, if there's something that you're interested in that you want to hear more about, we'd love to hear from you as well. And if you'd love to come on the podcast and talk about that, man, we like guests. So get in touch with Patty or myself, and we will look forward to talking with you next time. Until then, keep doing good because what you're doing matters. Bye, everyone.